Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Hey guys, happy Monday. You've tuned into the Bible Explained podcast, and I hope your weekend was absolutely fantastic. And now for the daily weather report from me. <laughs> Friday was absolutely beautiful where I live, and uh, the uh, the weather was just absolutely perfect. Like bright blue sky, sunny, 70 degrees. It was just gorgeous. And so I was enjoying my time with all my windows open, sitting outside, loving it. Hope you guys had a really good weekend as well. Today we're going to get into Joshua chapter 21, and these are all the towns that are given to the Levites. Now, this is something I don't often do, but I'm not going to be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Mm -mm. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version this morning. But I do want to talk about the entire chapter. However, I'm only going to read verses 1 through 8 to start. Then I'm going to break down verses 9 through 40 for you guys. And then continue reading verses 41 through 45. And today we are just going to discuss a lot more about the Levite clan, why they are so important, the cities they were about to receive, and also why Jesus is our high priest now, and the relation between Jesus and the Levites. So let's talk about all that. Please feel free, as usual, to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. And let's jump right in this morning to Joshua 21, 1 through 8. Then the leaders of the tribe of Levi came to consult with Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the leaders of the other tribes of Israel. They came to them at Shiloh in the land of Canaan and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us towns to live in and pasture lands for our livestock. So by the command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own grants of land. The descendants of Aaron, who were members of the Kohathite clan within the tribe of Levi, were allotted 13 towns that were originally assigned to the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. The other families of the Kohathite clan were allotted 10 towns from the tribes of Ephraim, Dan, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. The clan of Gershon was allotted 13 towns from the tribes of Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and the half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan. The clan of Merari was allotted 12 towns from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. So the Israelites obeyed the Lord's command to Moses and assigned these towns and pasture lands to the Levites by casting sacred lots. So my very first question when I was reading this was, why is this chapter after the chapter we just talked about on Friday? Because on Friday we discussed the cities of refuge that were supposed to be Levite cities and anybody that was a manslayer could come to one of these cities of refuge and like take refuge there basically from the Avenger of Blood. We talked about all that on Friday. So as I read today's chapter, with all of these cities finally being given to the Levites, I was like, why isn't this chapter before the cities of refuge chapter? Because doesn't it seem like the 48 cities we're, we're talking about today would have to be assigned before the cities of refuge were assigned. But the fun fact is, as I was reading this more in depth, is that it does seem like the cities of refuge were already assigned. I might be wrong about that, but it, it kind of seems that way because if you look from verses 9 all the way through 40, it talks about each and every city that was given to the tribe of Levi. And it says actually that many of these cities, as they're being mentioned, were already a city of refuge. And when I went back and 
read Joshua 20 more in depth about the cities of refuge, I was kind of like, oh, it doesn't actually say that the Levites have gotten their cities yet. And so perhaps the cities of refuge were actually put in place before the Levites even received their other cities. It could be. Or it could have been done at the same time. Or it could have just been out of order because Joshua is relaying this as he remembers things. Because <laughs> Joshua wrote the book of Joshua. But I don't know. It does seem to me, though, that the cities of refuge were put in place before the tribe of Levi actually received their 48 cities. So that's hopefully an answer to that question as to why this seems out of order. It may not actually be out of order. Okay, so moving into verses one through eight, it actually talks about how these elders of the tribe of Levi come to Eliezer, the high priest, and to Joshua. And they're like, okay, look, all of the other tribes received their inheritance. They're all pretty much settled in their land. And it's time for us to receive the 48 cities that we were promised by God. And that was promised like way back in Numbers, I think it was, where God said to Moses that when the people go into the promised land, the Levites would receive their own cities all throughout the promised land. And we talked more about that on Friday as well. So the, the elders are ready for their cities. So they go to Joshua, they go to Eliezer the priest. Joshua and the priest gives the Levites their 48 cities. Now, one thing you might not remember, because I also didn't remember this, but we talked about this pretty in depth in the book of Exodus, that there were three tribes that actually made up the tribe of Levi, or rather, there were three main families that made up the tribe of Levi. <laughs> And I did not remember this at all. And it gets kind of confusing, you know, when we start talking about like half tribes and how Dan settled in two places in the promised land. And, you know, it gets confusing. But the tribe of Levi had three main families in their tribe. And those families were the Kohathites, the Gershonites and the Merarites. The tribe of Levi were not just the priests, though that was a big part of what they did. The tribe of Levi also took care of the temple and helped people understand God's law better. That was basically the entire role of the Levites, though I'm sure there was a lot more to that. I'm sure there was a lot more things that they did, but that was kind of their main role. And so the three families of Levi, if you guys remember this, each had a different role. The Kohathites were actually like the most set apart part of Levi, the most holy people basically of Levi and the Kohathites were the ones that were supposed to take care of the holy things in the temple, like the temple furniture. For example, the Ark of the Covenant, not any Levites could carry the Ark of the Covenant. It had to be a Kohathite member of the Levi tribe to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So it wasn't just any Levite. It was only for the Kohathites to carry the Ark of the Covenant, to take care of the Ark, and also other temple furniture and holy things. Like, I think they also had to take care, care of the uh, veil that covered the most holy place inside the temple. So they would take care of, like, the holiest things. That was the role of the Kohathites. The Gershonites would take care of anything that was decorative in the temple. So there are probably a lot of artisans in the Gershonite family. They would take care of anything that looked decorative. They would repair it. They would 
uh, make sure that there was enough money to purchase more of it, I would guess. And they also just helped make the temple look very beautiful. And so that was the role of the Gershonites. And then lastly, the Merarites would take care of the frame of the temple. So they would carry the pillars, they would carry the beams and like the little hooks and stuff that would like help the temple get set up. Because don't forget, the temple was basically just a, a glorified tent for lack of a better term of describing it. It was a very beautiful tent, but it was meant to be traveled around with the people. But now that the people are in the promised land, eventually that tent turns into a non-movable place of worship, and we'll get into that later. But the Mararites just took care of the outside of the tent of meeting or the temple, basically. So I would guess the Mararites were actually a lot of builders and uh, just people that would know how to reframe everything and put things together. More of like an engineer or architect, I would guess, is is what the Merarites really focused on. So you can see that these three families of Levi each had their own special roles that they would have to do. And so now God is once again separating the Levites by their families. He's separating the Kohathites He's separating the Gershonites and the Merarites, and they're each going to receive their sets of towns. Now, the Kohathites, because a good portion of them were direct descendants from Moses and Aaron, Aaron was Moses's brother, they actually received twice as many towns as the Gershonites and the Merarites. So once again, it gets more confusing because the Kohathites are once again split into two. The ones that were directly related to Moses and Aaron and the Kohathites who were not. But because of this, they received twice as many towns because they were directly related to Aaron, the first high priest, and Moses, the the first judge, basically, of Israel, though that's debatable. But but anyway, the Kohathites got their towns in Judah and Simeon, Benjamin, Ephraim, Dan, and half of Manasseh. And what's really interesting about this list, actually, if you look at these tribes that the Kohathites receive their towns in, it's Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim, and also Manasseh, which were the most blessed tribes in God's eyes. They were also the tribes that were considered to be in line with God's will all throughout the years, though Benjamin had a weird a weird period for <laughs> for a moment. But the Kohathites received cities in some of the most blessed tribes in Israel. But if you'll notice, when you're looking at verse 23 and 24, the Kohathites also receive four towns or four cities in the tribe of Dan, which was one of the most cursed tribes in all of Israel. Dan was one of the tribes that helped lead Israel down a path of idolatry. And yet God has the Kohathites, the most blessed portion of Levi, receive cities in the tribe of Dan. And I think this is because Dan was going to need, (laughs) over the years, they were going to need the, the Kohathites there. They were going to need the holiest people, because otherwise, who knows what they would have done. <laughs> but anyway, the Kohathites received 23 towns, 
all throughout Judah, Simeon, Benjamin, Ephraim, Dan, and half of Manasseh. They received 23 towns in all. 13 of those towns were specifically for the Kohathites who were direct descendants of Aaron. Now the Gershonites moving on, they got 13 towns or cities from half of Manasseh, Issachar, Asher, and Naphtali. Then the family of Merari received 12 towns in Zebulun, Reuben, and Gad. So Merari, it looks like, got the most towns in the areas that were not technically inside of the promised land. Because don't forget that Reuben and Gad ended up living outside of the promised land beyond the Jordan River to the east, if that makes sense. And that's kind of where Merari got their towns. And then at the end of all of this, in verses 41 through 45, I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says, The total number of towns and pasture lands within Israel territory given to the Levites came to 48. Every one of these towns had pasture lands surrounding it. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give to their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all of their enemies. Not a single one of the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. And it's really cool that that's stuck at the very end of this chapter. As we're concluding with the divvying up of the land, it says, Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. So don't forget that God had promised all of this generations beforehand. He promised all of this to Abraham some 400, 500 years prior to this. And it came true. And Israel was holding on to the hope that someday they would receive their own land for that entire time period. And now the time was right for Israel to take that land for themselves. And they were all good promises. And it says not a single one of all the good promises was left unfulfilled. And that's true because everything we've read up until now has been fulfilled. Every promise that God gave the Israelites up until this point has been fulfilled. That's why I like to say that the Bible is just all connected so well. It's not just a book full of stories because no author that wasn't inspired by God could ever get so specific and tell the stories like the ones we read here in scripture. There's just no author that could possibly get that detailed, that in-depth, and that realistic, not to mention all the history that's thrown in here again and again with all these towns and cities and how all of these towns and cities continued on for hundreds of years and some of them to this day still exist and we even have maps that show where some of these cities existed and then there's other cities that are being uncovered as well from archaeological digs that are showing the truth of what we're reading here in scripture now the one thing i really wanted to ask you guys is we know that the tribe of levi was the tribe of the priests. And you and I nowadays, if we believe in Jesus, we are considered to be the priests. We are the ones that go into all the world, just like the Levites did, 
and spread the gospel to every creature, just like the Levites spread the law to the people of the promised land. But Jesus is our high priest now. So here's the question I have for you guys. Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi. So how can he be the high priest when we have already established that no one could become a high priest unless they were from the tribe of Levi? But Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. While you're thinking about that question, there's a prophecy I want to talk to you about from Psalm 110. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So this is the answer to that question I just gave you. Jesus is not from the tribe of Levi, but can still be a high priest because he's from the order of Melchizedek instead. This was another prophecy that David wrote down hundreds of years before Jesus existed. And yet Jesus actually says that this psalm was about him. And you can see if you read this, that this is definitely talking about Jesus, the Messiah, the king. But he's not from the order of the Levites. Instead, Jesus is from the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a priest way, way back in the book of Genesis. <laughs> this priest was only mentioned a handful of times, actually, in the Old Testament. But he was a godly priest. He was a good priest. And he happened to be Abraham's priest. Abraham, who was considered to be the father of the Israelite nation, considered Melchizedek to be his priest, which means that technically Melchizedek was over Abraham, if you think about that. So Jesus wasn't in line with the Levites. Instead, he was in line with Melchizedek, who was over the founder of the Israelite nation. So Jesus was basically above it all. He was above Abraham, just like Melchizedek was. It was before everything else. Jesus was always going to be our high priest. And it didn't matter if Jesus was from the tribe of Levi or not. And not to mention that very soon after Jesus ascended back into heaven and Rome took full control over Jerusalem, after a while, the tribes kind of started I shouldn't say disappearing. That's not exactly true. But people started forgetting what tribe they were from. And that's why it's not mentioned as much anymore when you talk to somebody who is an Orthodox Jew. Now, some Jewish people might say that they know they're from a specific tribe because history was passed down in their family, proving that they were from a specific tribe. But a lot of Jewish people now do not know what tribe they are from. So that's another reason why it didn't matter if Jesus was from the tribe of Levi or not. And because Jesus, who is our high priest, if we believe in Jesus, he has given us something to do as priests who are under him. Even though I am a Gentile person, that means I am not a Jewish person, I still can be a priest because Jesus gave all of us the great commission, which is to go into the world and to preach the gospel to every single person. And so that is how we relate 
to the Levites here in Joshua 21. We get to go into all the world. We get to have a high priest that's over us. We get to be priests and we get to spread the gospel to every single person. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and check out everything I have going on in the description of this podcast episode, actually, because I got a lot more other than the podcast. I'm actually doing another YouTube video right now. I interviewed a good friend of mine who struggled with shame. And so we're going to talk about shame and how that holds us back. And I think it's a great uh, discussion for anybody at all, basically. (laughs) (laughs) including myself. But anyway, that's going to be up on the YouTube channel. So check all of that out and everything else linked in the description of the podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening and God bless.